Our text today comes from 1 Kings chapter 8. But will God indeed dwell on the earth? Behold, heaven and the highest heaven cannot contain you. How much less this house that I have built. Yet have regard to the prayer of your servant and to his plea, O Lord my God. Listen to the cry and to the prayer of your ser- that your servant prays before you this day, that your eyes may be, op- be open night and day toward his house, the place which you have said, My name shall be there, that you may listen to the prayer that your servant offers toward this place, and listen to the plea of your servant and of your people Israel when they prayed toward this place, and listen in heaven your dwelling place, And when you hear, forgive the word of the Lord. This passage comes from us, and they are the words of Solomon. And they're the words of Solomon when he dedicates the temple that he finally gets to build. Um, When Israel came into the land, they had a tabernacle, a tent like this, that they worshipped God on. That was God's dwelling place that they could move around in the wilderness. When they finally get into Israel for a long time, they still just have the tabernacle. They just have the tabernacle. And then finally David becomes king and he wants to build a a proper temple for God. But God will not let David build the temple because David was a warrior king and God did not want the hands that built the temple to be hands of blood. And so it came time for Solomon, the son of David, to finally build this grand temple. Solomon was very wealthy was able to make this beautiful temple. But when he, when he looked at it, and when he gets up to do the dedication of this temple, he looks at it and he says, look at this, how beautiful this temple is. But could God really live in this temple? I mean, as beautiful as it is, God is so much bigger and so much more powerful and so much more beautiful than, uh, than this temple that I've created. Heaven can't hold God. Why would I be able to build a temple that would hold God? Why would God listen to the prayers and pleas of forgiveness coming from this place? We're outside today to dedicate the lift. And we look around at our beautiful church building, which we've done a lot to improve these last few years. And even with all we've done, and as pretty as everything is, we have to ask, why would God show up here? Why would God show up? God is so much more beautiful and so much bigger and so much more powerful than than anything that we can present before Him. Why will God show up? The answer, of course, is yes. And we know this, first of all, because we know the story of Jesus. We know that Jesus came and entered and dwelt among us. That He was born of Mary. That He went to the temple many times in His life to be circumcised and to teach as a child, to throw over the tables of the money changers when he was older. Even as Jesus left this world, after he had died for our sins and risen again, he sent his Holy Spirit to dwell in us so that we are the temple of the Lord. The Bible says that wherever two or three are gathered in his name, he shows up in a special way. We know that God shows up in the lives of His people and that God has been showing up in our lives here. We also know that in the Bible, places are important. Certain mountains, certain gardens, certain rooms, certain rivers, 
Not that places everything, people are more important than places, but sometimes in the Bible there are certain places that can give us faith, that can give us hope, that can tell stories. Your home tells a story, right? If I went to your home right now, I could look around at the things that are there, the things you have up on the wall, the things that you have out in the yard, and I could tell a lot about your story because your home tells that story. Churches, too, tell stories. And we're trying to tell a story right now that God is up to something here in our midst, that we are a people that is welcome, welcoming, that, um, that we want you to be able to come here and get here, that there's life to be found in these doors. This is partly why I wanted to have the picnic in the front yard. When we've rented tents before, we've been in the backyard, and I kind of wanted the neighborhood and the cars to drive by to see and say, hey, there's something going on over here. The building does tell a story, and part of that story is that God is up to something, and we want to proclaim that and be thankful for that. This lift not only adds beauty to the building, but it also tells a story that says we want people to have access to God here. That we don't want there to be hindrances to you coming and meeting Jesus in this place. We want to be a place that takes away obstacles from people coming to Jesus. So today we celebrate this great victory of God in our church. And we dedicate this lift together. As I was preparing for this, I was reminded of a story of Eugene Peterson. Eugene Peterson uh, has written a lot of books for pastors that you wouldn't have read. But he's most famous for writing a Bible paraphrase called The Message. And you can see that in most bookstores. Um, it's a very easy way to sort of get into your Bible. Eugene Peterson was actually a church planter in the Presbyterian Church. And uh, started a church outside of Baltimore. And uh, started the church in his basement. And then in his garage. And then eventually as a church, they built this big building and started this big church. And... Uh, they finally got their big church building up. Beautiful building. They worked hard, planned it all out. And then they had this amazing thing that took place. A whole bunch of people stopped coming to church. A whole bunch of people just stopped coming to church. and weren't real, A couple of real strong leaders in the church just kind of stopped. So I went to see these leaders and they sort of said, Well, you know, we did it. We accomplished it. We got it done. And... Uh, now we get our Sundays back, and now we have other things that we can do. And, and so Eugene Peterson went to, his, uh, went to the Presbyterian church, the people who were in charge of church planting, and he said, well, what do I do? All these people are losing interest. And they said to him, what you need to do is start another building campaign. You need to start another addition or another piece of property or uh, something new to get everybody excited again. And Eugene Peterson left that meeting and and he said, I don't know what the answer is, but I know that that is not a word from the Lord. Um, churches aren't meant to be based on excitement. And they're not meant to be based on adrenaline. The church's one foundation is what? Jesus Christ, her Lord. And so if you're waiting around for the next campaign, oh, we're not... We're not going to get it. We're not going to keep building this church on excitement. It's great. We're celebrating and we're excited about it. But this is the, the long term build of this church is going to be built on prayer. It's going to be built on study. It's going to be built on deep community. Believe me, it's a lot faster and easier to build a church on excitement. You just get a church mad about something, you get a church excited about something, and people will flock to it. 
But if you build a church based on that, then you've always got to manufacture that. You've always got to have the next thing to get mad at or the next thing to get excited about. And that's not our future. Our future is to be built on prayer. And so I hope, as we dedicate today, that this would be a, a, a moment that would push us to prayer. A moment that would get us excited about what God is doing in our midst and that we can be so welcoming. But I hope that it also drives us deeper into our relationship with Christ. Today we celebrate the lift. That we weren't ever sure this would happen. Our spirits are lifted this day. We are stirred to lift our hearts to the Lord in prayer. And it's my prayer that we would do that. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your blessing in our lives and in our church. We are astonished today at what you've done in our midst. Church is beautiful and our church family is stronger and our outlook is high. Continue to bless us that we may be a blessing to others. In Jesus' name, amen.